I am thrilled today's guest, Kevin Burkhardt. I'm a fan. I've been a fan of this guy ever since he was doing sideline stuff for my miserable Mets. Uh, <laughs> he is, of course, the currently lead play-by-play voice for the NFL on Fox and lead studio host on Major League Baseball for Fox. A long way, and I said this a minute ago before we went on, a long way from Pine Belt Chevrolet and Jukebox Radio broadcasting the Jersey Jackals uh, at eight years of high school football. Kind of a... A great, great story of a guy who's made it up on top, and it didn't start out that way. Thanks for being here, my friend. It's great to be with you, Don. I, listen, we could commiserate Mets all day long. I grew up a Mets fan, too, before I got the job. So I trust me when I say I feel your pain. <laughs> what what happened this year, man? I mean, there was, uh, Stevie Cohn is actually a friend of mine. I went to college with him. Great. I mean, it, it looked all great on paper. And I, I, I mean, Jesus, what the fuck happened? I don't know. I, You know, I... I it was weird. I mean, gosh, it said so much talent, but, you know, a lot of guys didn't live up to their potential, didn't play well. It, it just didn't – it didn't feel like it ever gelled, right? And talking to people over there, it didn't feel like it ever just, like, really clicked inside the clubhouse for whatever reason. So sometimes it happens. I mean, I, you know what? I like what they did. It wasn't working. I don't think it was going to work. Blow it up and kind of start over. And uh, so we'll see if it works for them next year if they go after any big fish. But it's kind well, of a bummer. Stevie is – Steve has kind of said to me, he goes, I'm going to, I farm system, man. I'm, I, he goes, I tried this. And look, he's a very facile, agile businessman. And I think he, look, he certainly was willing to spend. And I think the fans love him. Uh, but I think he realizes he needs a foundation. I think you just look at the Dodgers, right? That's really what it is. You yeah. look at the Dodgers because all their successes, not only they bring up young guys, but when they want someone, they have a million young guys who just go trade for them because it's no problem. Their yeah. system is so ridiculous. So I think that's what that's really the model he's trying to build. So, um, you know, not many owners can obviously eat the amount of money he did to get there in one year. So, hey, good for him. See if it works. What's What's amazing is I think his net worth is more than every other owner combined. I mean, just to give you the idea of this guy's wealth. It's like silly money because, like, when you see the number that he, you know, he's eating, like, just to get rid of Scherzer and Verlander, and you know, people, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he can do it, right? So he, he goes and does it, and um, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not out. I, I know they're trying to build a farm system, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised they go all in on Otani or something big next year. Yeah. We'll see. Like, I, I wouldn't, say, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by anything he does. I hear you. Hey, I want to talk about your story because even if you don't want to be a sportscaster, I, you you have a great story of humble beginnings, Bloomfield Jersey's own. Grow up an Eagles fan watching. How, explain, I, I, and a Ron Jaworski fan. I love that. You were my first guest who's a huge Ron Jaworski fan. So, well, I feel honored there. You know how it is. Like, you know, look, you know, when you grow up with, you, you pick something early and then you just stick with it. So, yeah, my, my family was Mets fans, right, for the baseball side. So that was easy and I stuck with that. And then for the simplest explanation is when I was a kid, you know, we were, we were a big football family too. We love the NFL. My whole family's Giants fans. Grew up in North Jersey. It was Giant territory. And uh, the NFL had these things called NFL huddles. They were like little, little stuffed little animals. Stuffed animals, right. Yes. So I loved the Eagle, plain and simple. And then when the Giants played the Eagles, I loved Jaworski. You know, even though every time I saw him, the poor guy was getting sacked by LT. But like that was my guy. So I uh, became an Eagles fan. Then once you pick it, you got to stick with it. So that that's how it happened. Eagle, you got to say the Eagles and Chiefs. This is just favorites to repeat. I mean, they both look really deep on paper. They're really, I mean, the Chiefs with Mahomes are, are ridiculous. And I, yeah, I think that the one cool thing about the Eagles was that you know I. 
and you talk about like these great stories, like Jalen Hurts is an unbelievable story. Like all he's done his whole life. What a class guy. Oh. What a class guy. I, every time I listen to this guy, I'm like, this is a winner in every single way. That's like a guy like you tell people to look up to, right? Like, you know, you look at, yeah. you, know, you want to take a role model as a guy that just like that takes everything in stride and he turned into a superstar last year. So uh, he's easy to root for. I think they should be really good again, but we'll see. Who knows? So I want to talk. I love your story. You 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 get out of high, you get out of college. You're calling high school football, uh, which ironically you're calling games that your current partner Greg Olson <laughs> is playing on. I mean that that's incredible. The story, Donnie, is pretty. I mean, when you think about it, it is pretty nuts. Like we talked about it. You know, we've talked about it a lot, as you can imagine. But yeah, my first gig out of, out of uh, college. You know, I went local school in North Jersey, William Patterson. D3 plays I'm proud of. And then I get a, a small radio job calling a high school football. Well, it turns out one of the games, one of the teams that we cover in this small area is Wayne Hills. I had a great team. Greg at the time was the Gatorade player of the year in New Jersey. He was a big time player. His father was the coach. So I got to know them and that family pretty well uh, in those days. So if you would have said, you know, back in that time, oh yeah, you guys would call a Super Bowl together. I mean, it was, it's so preposterous. It doesn't even make sense. Um, but it's cool because when this whole thing happened and he came to broadcast and we came together, I already had a really good relationship with him. So, like, we're, you know, building chemistry was pretty easy. So, I mean, it, it is pretty wild when you think about it. I mean, I'm calling his high school football games. I'm in production meetings with his dad, who's a high school coach, who's like teaching me about like different things and different things they're doing. And, and then we're doing, you know, the biggest games on Fox. So it's, it's crazy. So the career wasn't taking off to the point you end up selling cars at a Chevrolet dealership. How did that happen? And how did you kind of get out of that uh, forbidden zone and back into the game? Yeah, I, it's a great way to put it. Like I just, I was working, you know, just small gigs, just trying to figure it out and make it and small radio stations. I did minor league ball for a little bit with, you mentioned at the Jackals and just trying to survive, Donna, you know? And um, so I just got frustrated. You know, I had a bunch of friends who were making a lot of money in wall street and doing their thing. And I was, I, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. I'm just going to go and, uh, you know, I'm going to go and um, just do something else. So I, I picked up the Sunday paper and I looked in the classified ads and I just put my finger on a car dealership and I went and sold cars. That was it. I walked in and I told the owner, Mike Trebino, who's still a good friend of mine. I said, hey, I'm a broadcaster, but I'm going to sell cars. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just get out, get on the floor and go do your thing. You know, they go sell it, go sell a Malibu and, and talk to me later. And, <laughs> and, then it turned, yeah. and then it turned out like, you know, Mike, you know, we became really good friends. And then, you know, so I started doing that for a while and doing okay with it. And then, you know, it kind of like reinvigorated me to kind of get back into it. I didn't want to let my dream die. And then Mike was a big proponent, man. Like he like stuff would come up or freelance gigs would come up in the middle of the day. Uh, he'd be like, go. Like he just let me leave the floor, which, you know, it's unheard of. Like, so yeah, yeah. it's just funny how things work out. I, I, I can tell you this right now. Like, you know, it, it's a cool story. I love sharing it because I, I hopefully it gives inspiration to, to someone else, whether whatever field they're in. But I wouldn't be here without that job. Like it, it really did yeah. change my mindset on a lot of things. That's interesting because you could think it would intuitively act the other way. You know, you're selling cars and, okay, you know, I tried and I'm just, but yet it actually pumped you up. I think that's ironic. And, and that is an inspirational story. It did. It pumped me up. And it, it's a couple of things. It was like, okay, like it, it, it made me reset and just realize, okay, like you got to go for it. Like, I, so I told myself I was going to go and, and really give this, you know, a big world. And if it really didn't work, I'd be okay with it down later in life. Like I didn't want to be, you know, 
down, you know, older and just regretting not going for it. And then the other thing was, I think I was just, you know, I, I was just really passive and just, um, you know, just accepting everything that came my way instead of trying to make things happen. And when you're a car dealership, you, you don't sell cars if you're not sort of, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but you have to go out and make it yourself. You're not getting paid if you don't sell a car. So it just kind of gave me a little different way of thinking. Um, it really, it helped. It did. I have a particular affinity for car dealers. They kind of, I built my career with them. My, when I was running my ad agency, my first client was the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut Pontiac dealers. That's cool. And I love car dealers. I mean, they, those guys, because you know, they kill what they eat. I mean, there's no lying in them. I had a lot of corporate clients, but the dealers were real guys, real guys and real women. And I, I, I love them. Talk to me. How did the first Mets job come about? How did, because that seemed, I was studying your career and I was like, pop, all of a sudden you get the Mets gig. How did that happen? Yeah, that was that was big. So at the time, like right before that, I got a I got a couple big breaks, like I, from the car dealership. CBS, yeah, CBS right. was big and in there, and um, and then and then I got into WFAN, uh, and that was really huge. That's you know, for those watching that don't know, it's you know the biggest sports station in the country. They really started, you know, sports talk becoming a thing. Yes, um, yes. So getting in there was big and that kind of put at least gave me some a little bit of spotlight in New York for sure. Like people at least, you know, that, that listen, at least I'm like, OK, like hear me a little bit and hear what I'm about. And then I started doing some part time stuff on SNY off of that because I was like covering the Jets and doing everything. So I would just go on for like guest spots and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the Mets job, um, they had just gotten the you know, the network just was born the year before. Chris Cotter did the sideline role, uh, pregame post sideline role the first year. And then he uh, wanted to, to move on and do a different role. And so it was open. So I, you know, I applied for it. I didn't think in a million years I would get it. I mean, not a million. I mean, I dabbled in TV, but I was a radio guy, really. And I always wanted to do TV, but I just, you know, I never got any jobs there. And then they called me up and I got it. And I was like, like, real for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it was great because, you know, I grew up a diehard fan. So like the one thing, I, the one thing I didn't have, I, I had to learn television, but I didn't have to learn the team or the history of the team. I knew that that part no. was easy for me. And what really worked, obviously the booth guys are legendary, Darling, Conan, uh, or Keith, and how even though you were the sideline guy, you really gelled with them as a, like, you didn't feel like you were going anywhere when you left the booth and back and forth. It's, it's all, well, it's, it's a couple of things. It's those guys are amazing. And how you see them on TV is exactly how they are, right? Like they're just, yeah. they're just great dudes. Like Gary is a, a friend and a mentor, you know, Ronnie and Keith always were welcoming. Mean, they weren't like, Oh, who's this guy trying to, you know, you know, do see, do these reports and get in and take up our time. It was never that. And then our producer, Greg Picker, who's a big influence in my career. He, he gave me some, just a great bit of knowledge. When I first started, he's like, I could care less how many times you're on or whatever. He's like, just make when you're on memorable. He's like, so if you don't have a lot of great stories one day, don't care. Just make when you talk, whether it's today, tomorrow, the next day, just make it, just make it memorable. And I was like, kind of took the pressure off of being like, oh my God, I've got to have like all this stuff. It was more focused on good stuff. And then mm-hmm. when that pops, great. So it, it was, it was really helpful to me. And the, those guys are just welcoming from day one. They're, they're the best. I yeah. love them. And how did the Fox football thing come about? Well, I, you know, I, I football has always been like my number one love, like going growing up with uh, Summerall and Madden, like in my house, like that was, yeah. I mean, it's legendary, right? I just get, I just get chills when you say that, you know, oh, I mean, it's just it's, Sunday afternoon at four o'clock watching a Chiefs Raider game with, with those guys. I, I know actually those were, that was, that was on uh, AFC, but watching a, a Packers uh 
Cowboys game or anything with those guys. Listen, you're 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 a Queens guy. Like I don't think probably wasn't too different in North Jersey. It was like woke up, went to church with my mom, went to the deli to get get cold cuts and salads and do the whole thing. Go back, watch football, eat all day. It was the best. That's what we did. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I always wanted to do. And, and then like later in my SMI career, I started doing more play-by-play and kind of leaning into that. And then Fox had interest. And um, yeah, like just happened where um, they had enough interest in me where they hired me in 2013 to pair with John Lynch, the Hall of Famer, and right. now the GM with the 49ers. And yeah. it was wild. They, they were hiring me to do like a couple of games at first and just kind of test it out. And then they said, hey, we're going to give you a full season. And that year we ended up doing a playoff game. So it happened pretty fast. But it was, I mean, it's, it's, I still can't believe this is my 11th year doing NFL. It's crazy. It is flown. It is by. crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman get the call to ESPN and you get the tap. You're it, man. You're the number one team guy. And talk to me about that moment when you got that call or that, or you had that conversation. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was just kind of sitting back watching the whole thing unfold because like in my mind, like, you know, Joe and Troy would just be at Fox for infinity, right? Forever. Yeah, of great. I never even had the thought. And, and then, you know, this is all going on. And then, you know, Joe, Joe calls me and he's like, Hey, I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out and I hope you get it. Good luck. I'm like, Hope oh, what? <laughs> and, and so, you know, there's nothing I can do. So I try not to like obsess and I just kind of let, let it fall into place. And, you know, I'm, I'm really obviously thankful that they thought enough of me to bump me up and moving up the depth chart. As you know, it doesn't always work that way. Um, and hopefully I made them proud. I think we had a really good year. We had a record setting Super Bowl. A great year. So yeah, it, you're great. You did. You got, you guys are great together. So you're the first guy other than the last name of, uh, Nance Summerall or uh, Nance Michaels or or Buck to call a game for Fox in twenty years. Yeah, not intimidating. Super Bowl. Not intimidating Super Bowl. Yeah. at all. Yeah. That, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, you guys stepped up. The, you guys really stepped up. And Olsen's great. Obviously, I love your answer whenever you ask about Brady. You go like, I'm just focused on now. But you and Olsen really, really just it just clicked. It just did. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think he's awesome. I think he's so smart and he's really good. I love his energy. And like I said, for us. We had a built-in chemistry, so it wasn't like, okay, last year, like, we're starting fresh. I don't know this guy. I've known him for 25 years, so it's – that part that part definitely helped. You know, you're going to a new spot, brand-new team. You're trying to live up to expectations set by, you know, Joe and Troy, who, who were just awesome. Um, so it helped having, like, a buddy and a partner kind of doing it. We kind of did it together, and, and that was a lot of fun. about the lead up to the game you know we, we watch the game and it's like you guys I don't think the average person realizes the prep the production meetings the things you don't show up on Sunday at 425 and go okay here's the game and you do the play by play talk to me about the week leading up to it you don't just go on TV Donnie without like prepping or anything yeah. <laughs> that's not normal so, sometimes sometimes I do. Right, right. It depends, and it shows right? and it shows right? <laughs> never shows for you yeah it's, right. it's it's really a you know prepping for football I mean you say this but I'll stay with football since we're talking about that like I always you know when I tell like college kids especially I say it's like you're, you're prepping for a midterm right the, the the test is on Sunday so the whole week you're you're you know I have my routine every day is like a little bit different but number one you're just kind of reading you're ingesting anything you can take 
Um, then you're watching tape and you're watching these teams games and watching what you can just to visualize and see things. Um, and then, you know, I put together, we all do in the industry, put together like boards and notes where you have like all the players laid out and with their notes and with their bios and things that might be interesting. During- so when you say boards, you, you have a, like a production room, a war room where you have boards up and you've got the players up on the wall. This is not the wall. It's like a, like a big manila folder. And I have like, it's okay. Yeah, I have like an Excel worksheet that I punch in all these guys and it populates them. So like when I look at it, I hold it on Sunday and it's in front of me and I have like defense, offense. And so I, I have it in my hands as the teams are on the field. So it's kind of like a cheat sheet, okay. basically. Okay. Um, so I build that. So not only does it help on Sunday, but it helps me remember it as I'm putting it in, as you know, to study the guys. And then, yeah, we meet with each team, like coaches, quarterbacks, kind of interview them and just go over some things that... Uh, is, that might- an NFL, is that an NFL rule that the players have to meet with you? How to, talk to me about how that actually gets, the, the soup gets made. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, all the all the networks of obviously Fox, like we're partners with the league, right? So like, this is yeah. not like, this is not an interrogation. It's it's a, yeah, sure. it's, it's a required thing. No, it's not required who has to meet or how many people have to meet. Like each team has a little different thing. You know, we mix it up. We do head coach, coordinators, quarterback, you know, we'll, you know, we don't do a million guys because then we'll see guys on the field and we'll see guys over the weekend. But it's just to get a feel of the team. And, you know, we will get insight that we, you know, we share on the broadcast, which, you know, helps both of us, right? They give us some stuff where it's like, hey, just so you know. So we're not like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then, you know, we have a little background on it. So um, it they're great. And it gets us to know the, uh, the, the players. And it's also just knows like what their thought process is. So it's a whole week. And then Sunday's the test. If you studied, it's a blast. If you don't prep, you're dead. Yeah. That's basically what it comes down to. You said one of your favorite guys to do pre-pro work with is Aaron Rodgers. We're going to get into the Jets and talk about misery. But talk to me about Aaron Rodgers and, and kind of how you just say you can, you guys just start drifting and talking. You can kind of go anywhere with him. Uh, he's he's, ama- he's amazing. I mean, I so we get on and he's just – he's so smart. And so you have to – you know, you can't just go on, Donnie, and be like, hey, uh, Aaron, how are the Packers playing? Like, you got to yeah. know what you're you gotta you gotta know your stuff, right? You gotta ask them pointed questions and like, you know, it just like with anything, you can't just show them and be like, hey, what's going on with you guys? It's more like yeah, you have to know details and then you'll, they'll give them. But he is, you know, when he gets to know you and he trusts you and knows that you do your work, like you just get deep in the weeds and stuff. And he's just so smart. We'll just, you know, we're times with him last year, we had the Packers a million times and we're, you know, we're doing stuff for the game, and then we just go off on a tangent. Next thing you know, it's like an hour. I was like, don't you have to go to practice or something? <laughs> like, right. Get out of here. Um, so it's fun. You get really deep into the minds of some of these guys, and it's cool. You get a little insight on who they are off the field, which I love. You know, it's for me, like you're always trying to, yes, you're calling the action. But if you can, you're always trying to paint a little bit, a bit about who these guys are. Like I always, when I was a kid, I always wanted to know who they were, you know? So yeah. I still have that in my head. So I, I'm afraid to talk about the Jets because we talked about misery in the Mets. There's no comparison to misery in the Jets. I will say, and this is the first time I'm not just saying it where I'm kind of whistling in the dark, there's a foundation there. And then you put Aaron Rodgers in there and, you know, I love Salah. You, we got something going there. We, we, we got a couple of, you know, I mean, Sauce Gardner is the real deal. Um, we, we've got Garrett Wilson. We've got, uh, we got a, a defensive line. We've got, a, I mean, am I silly for being as hopeful as I am? No, I think the Jets are going to be really good. Uh, and look, who knows? Like they they have a tough schedule, and their division is really. I think the Jets just first six games. At first six games, are tough. Really right, hard right off the bat. I yeah, think just yeah. survive those first six, and if they do, if they don't go one and five, if they're three and three, 
I think they'll be great. I think their team, I love their team. Their D is so good. Their top five defense overall. They have star, their defensive line is ridiculous. And look, you know, offensive line's a little bit of a question mark, but talent-wise, skill-wise, they're loaded. And Aaron is motivated. Like he, this is not like, oh, I'm going to come back for one more year. He's motivated. And when he's motivated, he's won MVPs, Donnie. Like I, I, I think yeah. they're going to be really good. Just get through the first six games without being you know, completely, you know, a mess. If they do that, I think they're going to have a really good year. Beyond the obvious powerhouses, who are you looking at? I'm looking at the Lions. I tell you, Detroit is fun. Uh, they are fun. Dan Campbell, he just he, he. I could watch him, listen to him all day long. I mean, he became a hero with Hard Knocks last year. I oh mean, my I God. mean, that guy I mean, is just, just you know fighting people's kneecaps and the whole thing. You know yeah. what's cool about him though? He's when you get him in. You know, talking about those meetings, when you get him behind closed doors, he's actually a really cerebral, really cool guy. So like, that's his football persona. But like, he's sure, yeah, he's got a lot of personality and a lot to him. But I like. And Detroit would be an awesome story. I mean, gosh, it's a great fan base. The, the, the team has been just bad for so long. They're fun. They, they've got a lot of weapons. But I don't, you know, playing with expectation for the first time in a long time, that's hard. They haven't had that. But they, um, you know, they, they sold out. They have a waiting list for season tickets for the first time in forever. I think ever, actually. So I, I'm with you. I like Detroit. I think Seattle is a surprise. I think they're going to be really, really good. They've got to help. Geno Smith. Who would have thought? Right. Gino Smith, your guy. Who thunk? But that's right. a, that's another great story, right? He went through it in New York, and he's kind of found himself in, in his thirties. I think it's cool, and um, you know, I, I think last year was no fluke. So I like them a lot. The AFC, it's hard to pick a surprise. The AFC's got so many really, yeah, really so good deep, teams, yeah. but in the NFC, I like those two. I think those two, and I'll give you one more. I think actually. I think the Saints can be pretty good. You know, the division is is not good, and they have the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in that division are not experienced. They went and got Derek Carr from the Raiders, who's had a good track record. And I think the Saints could be really good just by their division and, you know, win a few games on the side. They could easily be a 10-win team. What do you think about the Cowboys getting Trey Lance? That kind of came a little out of nowhere, and I was watching an interview with Dak, and you know, he was saying the right things, but that was kind of an interesting move, to say, for the lack of a better word. I think it's a weird move. Um, you know, obviously it didn't work. San Francisco wanted to move on. He didn't get the second yeah. job. They're trying to move. So, you know, that, that, so they're just looking for anything back from him. And I guess from Dallas, the thing that's strange about it, So look, they're trying to take a flyer and see if they have something in the kid, but Dak is young. He's not going anywhere. Right. So no. it, it does send a little bit of a strange message to Dak. In my opinion, they have a quarterback backup quarterback, a one undefeated when Prescott got hurt last year, Cooper rush. I mean, he was, what was he four and oh last year? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love the move and I, you know, I'm a Dak fan. I, I, I know Dak had, you know, he's a classy guy. He's a classy guy. Oh, he really he's, is. I mean, he's, he's look, yeah. put it, you know, he's the best. He, Walter Payton man of the year. And I know he threw a lot of interceptions last year, but you know the Cowboys have won a lot with him there. Uh, he's done a really good job, so I I didn't love it on the move. Yeah, who are your favorite owners? Just to bullshit with and, and that you really kind of interact with and get a kick out of. Yeah, I mean J- Jerry's staying with Dallas. I mean Jerry's something else, right? I mean he's he obviously commands the room when he when he walks in the room. Uh, so uh, always fun talking to Jerry. I mean, there's so many that we get to talk to, and they're all nice to us. I mean, um, you know I I, I like the uh, uh, the Will family in Minnesota, you know, Meth fans, you know, growing up in the area, right? right, uh, right. Mark's big Meth fan. That's cool. Jeffrey Laurie's always been amazing to me. Um, it's fun with him because, like, when I was a kid, uh, I had season tickets to the Eagles. I used to drive down there when I when I got my license. 
So, uh, so he knows that. So we always talk about that. Uh, and I enjoy those conversations with him. You know, obviously he's got an entertainment industry background with the movies and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, there, there's a lot of guys, they're all nice to us. Let's shift to baseball for a second. You're, you, you run an interesting studio group. Talk about an eclectic group of land of misfit toys. Talk to me about herding those cats. Basically it's like uh, ringling brothers, Barnum and Bailey. I'm just like right. the ringleader <laughs> Try and hold it together with those guys. <laughs> It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, you're, when we're talking about the car things, me selling cars, if you would have told me, you know, 15 years ago, Hey, KB, you're going to, you're going to host a TV show with A-Rod and Big Poppy and Jeter. Like, what are you talking about? Right. It makes no sense. And those, the cool thing is that those big personalities and those stars, like, it's just, they're just normal guys. Like they, they, you know, we hang out in the, we hang out in the studio watching games. Like I would with you or any other buddy just screaming at the television, watching the, you know, the world series games. It's fun. So, um, it's been cool. You know, um, we just got, uh, Derek Jeter joined us this year and he's just starting. So I never thought he would do TV. I don't know that he did either, but he's been great. He's enjoying it. We only did the all-star game and we did a London series with him. So he'll be with us the whole postseason. but he's, he's been, Super to be around. I really enjoy getting to know him. So handicap the pro season. We've got some really fresh, interesting teams like the Orioles. We've got the Braves who are just so dominant at this point. Give me your thoughts on the postseason. Well, unfortunately, Donnie, our Mets are not going to make it. So, uh, yeah, no. I'm going to move no. on from that. Um, yeah. I, I've, le- I've let that one go a long time yeah, ago. I, was, <laughs> I think you had to. You had no choice. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, look, so I, the Braves have been the best team all year. They're phenomenal. The Dodgers, we know, are great. I, I, I think the Phillies are really good. I really like the Phillies. Last year, they got on a run. They, I don't know that they were the best team last year, but they got hot at the right time. They went they on got a run. hot, yeah. I, I know the Braves have been the best team all year long, but I wouldn't want to play the Phillies. I think they are loaded. They're playing great. Uh, they've got a confidence about them right now. I really like them in the National League. In the American League, it's all new. I, with the exception, yeah. exception of Houston, who's always there, I mean, Texas, Baltimore, Seattle now. Um, Baltimore's been an amazing story. I mean, they were, you know, 100 lost seasons on end. Um, you know, it looks like they're going to win the division. There's still a little way to go with the Rays. And I think Seattle, you know, they were they had a bad first half. That's a great place to watch a game. Um, I know it's smaller markets and it's a little different. But, boy, you get one of those, you know, Seattle, Baltimore in the, in the playoffs, two fan bases that are dying. Yeah. That would be cool. You mentioned the Phillies. Bryce Harper, I've never met him. He seems kind of jerky. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me he's a good guy. I, Bryce is a cool dude. No, he's he's just fiery, you know. And he's I think yeah. I think he's mellowed a little bit as he's gotten older. But he I, I like Bryce. He's got a fire to him. Like he's he's but like he doesn't. Let's put it this way: you know who he is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not pulling any punches. You know exactly who he is. So I like him. I think he's a I think he's a good leader, and uh, I think it kind of showed in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Baseball, football combined, your entire career. Your three favorite guys just to interact with. I mean, I know that's a tough one because there's there's so many guys out there, but the three that have kind of caught your attention and just, just every time you see him, you light up and you go, I can't wait to talk to this guy. Wow. That's so difficult. Um, uh, all right. Well, so we're talking about guys that I covered that were playing at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Rogers is definitely up there for football. He's, we've, I've done a million of his games. Um, you know, I, I, I'll go him and I like I like Dak Prescott a lot. Uh, we've had a lot of great conversations with him. Um, there's more, obviously, but I'll, I'll stick there. Baseball, you know, I could give you a million Mets because I covered them and travel with them for eight years. So I'll go, um, you know, just for simplicity, 
Um, and there were a lot of them, but you know, David Wright uh, and Carlos. Oh, he's a great. I, I, I interviewed David. I had him on my old show. What a what a great guy. David Wright guy. And, and Carlos Beltran, probably two of my favorites. Um, Pedro Martinez was incredible. I, I loved covering him. Um, Chipper Jones was another one. Um, you know, playing the Braves, Chipper and Jeff Francoeur were is, awesome. Is Chipper is Chipper a broadcaster for the Braves now? He's doing like a couple of things. He's doing like a couple right. of games. He's not really like doing a lot, but they have him on doing. Of course, I didn't know that. I saw I saw him somewhere on on Instagram, and I was like, I didn't know Chipper was doing games. No, he you, was really you funny. Know what they but, did. Yeah. Donnie, they did. Uh, it was actually fun. They did Chipper, John Smoltz. Tom Glavin and Jeff Francoeur, just like a couple of players right. only broadcasts. It's actually pretty funny. Like they're, they're just kind of, they did it once just to do it. And then it was, it was so well received that they did it again recently. So yeah, that's why. Who are the guys other than Madden and Summerall could be baseball football that you looked up to growing up? I mean, I remember oh. Kurt Gowdy was my guy. I mean, there was just like, I, I think I just think about his voice, Kurt Gowdy and Al D. Regattis. Oh yeah. Football. Right? For sure. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, Kurt, I mean, I, I, I worked, for Kirk Gaddy Jr., right? I mean, like he's—he's. He's, uh, I love Kurt. Um, so yeah, I mean, for football, Madden and Summerall were—they were it. Like for me, like I, I would always, I would always as a kid emulate when you know I, I can't do it, but like just Summerall, like welcome to the East Rutherford, right. like it, it just gave me chills, right? That was pretty good. That was pretty good, by the way. That man. So that for football, there's there's nothing else. Those guys were my idols. Um, baseball, there's a lot. Like I grew up. I didn't have cable TV as a kid. Like we, so the only time I watched them, watch the Mets is on, you know, when they were on channel nine local. So I listened. Kiner's corner, Kiner's corner. I, I listened. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Was there anything more genius than fucking Kiner's corner with that little music? And then they would give them like a free dinner or oh, a pair of pants my. at the end or something. The best part is guys were excited, you know, like the bus yeah. is leaving and the guy, the, the visiting players loved it. They would come and sit down with Ralph forever, forever. But like I was Bob Murphy and Gary Cohen, you know, and I know I work with Gary now he's a great friend, but like the listen to those guys on the radio. Um, you know, I also, uh, Steve Summers, I would have him on the radio on the fan forever, like late night talk show host for the fan who, you know, I listened to and I got to work with later in my career, which was a thrill. Um, and then as I got a little older, like Bob Papa, who, you know, now does the Giants and a million things, Golf mm -hmm. Network, you name it. He was good to me. Like he, you know, I called up his radio shows. He would take time and take the phone to like, just give me some advice as a, you know, a young college kid. So there's a lot, but I'll, I'll throw those out there. What's your first game the following Sunday? Is it Packers Bears? Packers what do you got? Bears. Uh, so no Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay, right? That's very okay. interesting. And the Bears, they're excited about the Bears this year. Like they they, they like this Justin Fields. I think he's going to take off. He had a good, you know, he showed some flashes last year. So Packers Bears, and then uh, week two we've got Seattle and Detroit, which is going to be a blast. The Lions home over. Your Lions, Donnie. Your my Lions. Lions. I'm calling the Lions, Kevin. Man, I appreciate you. I know how busy you are. I've watched your career. I love when the good guys win. Uh, keep up all the good work my friend hey man i really enjoyed it let's do it again thank you